Well, good morning, WP Naz. Oh, hi, Jen. <laughs> good morning. How is everyone? Did you have a good time this this week and driving in? I don't, I'm not hearing many people. Are you, Lisa? Not at all. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Is anybody still waking up? Is anybody on their second cup of coffee? No? Do I have a third Dr. cup of Pepper. coffee going on over here somewhere? No? Okay, Andrew. we're on the two. Third back here. Okay, we've got a third back there. So that's good. Everybody's made it in. That's, that's an awesome thing. Well, we're glad you guys are here. We're excited that you're here. I'm so glad to see the sun out the last couple days and have a little bit of rain in the afternoon. So God's good. You know, he's, he's supplying our needs even with uh, fire precautions by giving us that rain and keeping it nice and soaked. So we're glad that you guys are coming on in. We're just going to have everybody come in from the cafe, and we're going to get started this morning. Would you guys stand with me, and um, we're going to pray and welcome the Holy Spirit in this morning. So if you, would, if you would step in with me, that would be awesome. Lord Jesus, our Father, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for each person that is sitting in a chair in here or standing in the back. Lord, um, you have purpose for us. You breathed life into us again this morning, which means we have something to fulfill today for you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you will make us sensitive to your spirit this morning. That not only will you feel welcome here, but that we're ready to receive you. And as you move around this room, and you look for willing hearts, just pray that all hands will be raised. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the anticipation of our new pastor and his wife coming next week. Lord, how amazing that is that you have fulfilled that promise to us, and we're grateful for that. I thank you that we get to receive your word freely this morning, that we can come in and worship you, and I pray we will give you our very best for we love you, and we ask you to come in. We invite you, and we glorify you, Jesus. We love you. And all God's people said, amen. Let's worship.
turn and greet one another. Good morning, Woodland Park, Church of the Nazarene. I would ask you how you're doing, but it looks like you're doing great. Go ahead and give it, take a seat for just a moment. You can stand up in just a few minutes, but sometimes I run a little long. It says here, it says here I've got zero minutes for this. Right, so I'm, I'm already late. But I was born late, so we're par for the course. 
I'd like to like to take a couple of minutes and give you some announcements. Before we do that, we have a video that we want to run regarding VBS. What's VBS? Oh, come on. What's VBS? When's it start? Right now. I was a chef at a fancy restaurant just down the street. Retired. I'm a mom to two beautiful girls and a dance coach. Before VBS, I taught middle school gym. I lead a small group for teenagers. Who would have known that it would all lead to this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I let my granddaughters dress me up. But that's why I was so ready to get dressed up for the skits to create masterful, theme-inspired dishes for snack time. Outdoor activities, they're my jam. That's why I love leading games. I love to dance. I dance at the coffee shop. I even dance when I'm watering my plants. That's why I jumped at this opportunity. High fives are essential for crew leaders. That's why I've been working hard on the High Fiverator 2.0. The reward, it's the kids. Hands down, they inspire me. The kids' bright, shining faces. When the kids are happy, I'm happy. Making sure they have fun makes it all worthwhile. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. Will you step up? Good morning, church. So VBS is real soon, okay? Like literally in a couple weeks. Um, today, we have a volunteer meeting up in the chapel right after service, lunch provided. It's going to be a good time. You're going to get to figure out what we need help with or where you're going to be. Um, and if we still do need a few volunteers, so I'd really like to see you guys as a church come behind our young families and our kids and give them a boost and show this generation the hands and feet of Jesus. So that would be helpful. Um, do you have anything? Um, so if, if you haven't signed up to volunteer, just meet us after church. You don't have to sign up. You can just come on back and we'll find a place for you. Um, but we are in need of uh, a couple more volunteers for this to be successful. Okay. Thank you. Just so, just so we know, to mark our calendar, what date? So it's Tuesday the 20th, the 21st, and Thursday the 22nd, and it's from 5.30 to 8. So, And you get a meal because I'm sure Nancy is going to let you eat too. Thank you, Shelby and Crystal. And thanks for what you're doing. Uh, and we really do need volunteers, so if you're drawing breath, you really need to think about that see how we can fit that in our schedules. And we also have another announcement. There's something else that's happening this week. And that's worthy of mention, especially because we got it wrong in the bulletin. Does everybody have a bulletin? If you don't have a bulletin and you need one, please raise your hand and one of the ushers will come and give you, give you a bulletin because you need to see our glaring mistake. I'm pretty sure it was my fault that this was a mistake. So it says right here that our new lead pastor, 
Dale Butler and his wife, Michelle, are in the process of moving to Woodland Park. And they are. They're on the road. They're seeing their kids for a few days on their way out. But they're going to be here. What does the bulletin say? It says they're going to be here Saturday. What date? Yeah, the only problem is the 16th is Friday. So they are, they are planning to be here on Friday. But we know there is a guarantee on the moving truck that it is going to be here. Please listen. At noon Friday the 16th, and that was not a mistake. At noon, Friday the 16th, the truck will be here, and we could really, let's see, is there anybody out there that's less than 50 years old? Could you raise your hand? Thanks for volunteering. I appreciate that. We, <laughs> we, could, we could really use some volunteers. We will have help, but we really could use some volunteers. I don't know if you've ever looked around. But one or two of us, well, my hair is blonde. I went back to blonde some time back. Uh, but if you look around, there are some gray-haired people in our, in our congregation. We really could use some younger help. So if, if yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, let, let's clear this up. The truck is guaranteed to be here at noon on, on Friday, uh, but we certainly need help during all that time. Um, but you know what guarantees are, right? Yeah. They're, they're an expectation for disappointment. So, but anyway, if you would, bo both for VBS and for volunteering, if you could, if you could just take out the connection card in your bulletin, if you could take that out and just give us your vitals, uh, that you have a heartbeat and that you, you are thinking about being here on Friday between noon and sometime, we would certainly appreciate that. All right? Ushers, uh, if you could come down, it's time to take our offering. Now i got to get really serious. Let's pray over our offering. God has been really good to us. We have seen his hand working in the budget uh, here at church, but we don't want to make this all about budget. So let's pray over what God has given us. Lord God, we are thankful that you have been so generous with us. Lord, we are thankful that you are the one that provides for us. You provide our the very breath that we breathe, the food that we eat, the homes that we live in. You provide family. You provide for the next generation. And Lord, we want to be faithful with what, with what you have given us. And I pray that you would take what little we have to give back to you that you would multiply that and that you would multiply our own incomes 
in accordance with the generosity that we show and that we want to show. Lord, we pray that uh, every heart would be filled with gratitude as we give back to you a portion of what you have given us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Kids, I see a flag waving. Are you ready? Right back there is the flag. You guys are dismissed to go back with Miss Sharon. We'll learn about Jesus. Look at all of them. We love you guys. <laughs> That's why we need volunteers. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on with our time of worship. Something that I wanted to share with you guys that happened this week. How many of you know that our youth was at camp this week, this last week? Yes? <laughs> did, you go to, did you go to camp? Who went to camp? We've got two of them in here right now. All right. Um, something happened there, guys, with our youth. It was pretty awesome. You should ask them about it if you get the chance. But I had two of them call me tell me that Jesus moved it starts when they're that little that's why VBS is so important and then it grows into camps and youth groups and things like that but these guys called me two different kids separate situations and they said Lori 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 we did this song at youth group at, my, at camp at Golden Bell and it moved can we do it this Sunday? They both asked me. Two different times. Two weeks ago, I had sent out the plans for this week. Alicia got it. She was singing it in Florida. Already learning the songs, getting ready. That song was on here that they asked for. God is moving. He is moving. So let's stand. Because he's moving this morning too. is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken well I've never been so glad that I put my faith in Jesus cause he's never let me down he's faithful through Thank you. 
good to come into his presence. Did you guys have a long week? Anybody have a long week? I see some heads nodding. Man, it's good when you can come to the throne room. Sometimes I just practice, and I'll just take a step to remind me that I'm stepping into his throne room, and that it's intentional that I'm coming in to give myself to him, to lay my heart down, let him pick it up and just pour into it what it is that he's going to do. Are you ready for that this morning? Are you ready to receive him? Just open your hands up and just, even if it's just right here in front of you, just say, Lord, I want you this morning. I'm here for you this morning. And I just want you to pour into me, Jesus, as I just pour out to you my week.
trust in you, Lord. Father, what an affirmation of faith. That is our heart's cry. I will trust in you in everything and every way, no matter what. I will trust in you. Because, God, this, this truth in those songs we've been singing and the true reality is, God, you only want your best for us. And you move in amazing ways, even working through things that we wouldn't ask to happen, you still move. And so, God, let that be our heart. Let that be what motivates and drives every moment of every day. God, I will trust in you. God, you are so amazing that you give us salvation, the renewing of our mind, our body, that you give us the indwelling presence of Holy Spirit to live and to move within us, to guide us, to speak into us every moment of every single day. God, that's how we trust in you, by listening to your voice. God, I pray that today as we continue in worship through your word, as Pastor Barb comes and brings your word, God, it will truly speak life into us, hope, encouragement, especially as the new pastors come and things will be different. That's understood, but God will just encourage, be encouraged by them and, and encourage them, even in the different, because it will be different. So God, move in us as we prepare. God, we lift up our the Church of the Nazarene across the world, our denomination. They're meeting in Indianapolis as we speak right now and this, these next few days having General Assembly. Literally, representatives from all over the world, 180-something world areas, sending representatives. God, I pray for a spirit of unity, a, a peace, a, a shalom in each and every heart, a looking to you, Holy Spirit, presence. And God, that they will only do what your heart leads them to do. So God, accomplish it. Continue to speak. Continue to move in us today. We honor you and we give you all of our praise and glory because you are worthy. And it is in the name of your son, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah, that we pray these things. Amen. Good morning. Well, you just met Richard, my blessing from the Lord for 51 years now. And just a little bit about our background. Um, we raised our kids in St. Louis, where we were from, uh, married 22 years, and the Lord called us to ministry. Richard had been in construction for 25 years, mom to four, and we went to Nazarene Bible College, moving up here to Colorado Springs for three years, and um, what a blessing. God is so good. And uh, then he sent us to Topeka, and we church planted a, a, a church 
uh, Family Life Church of the Nazarene in North Shawnee County in Topeka. We were there 25 years, and last year at this time, we not only celebrated our 50th anniversary, but the 25th anniversary of Family Life Church and retired. And in November, we came up to this beautiful place, and you welcomed us so wonderful from the very first Sunday we attended. And so I wanted to give that little bit of background about us because we want to get to know you all more because now you're our church family. And what a family it is. A family means that we, we care for one another, we pray with one another, we uh, rejoice with one another. And the light of Christ that is in us, we take to the outside world, right? And we love this family. We love you all. But I say all that to, to bring this point, as Richard just prayed this morning. Our new pastors are coming soon, and we need, as a family, to be lifting them in prayer. Because it is going to be different. And I've been preparing for this message since Ben asked me to preach several months ago. And just a few days ago, the Lord reminded me what I, the word I'm bringing from him. Uh, so is for our heart today not to be discontent, not to complain. And I thought, oh my, as we move into our new pastorate and our new leader, our shepherd, and some things change, we might be tempted to, oh, that's different. I don't like that. We don't want to be that way, do we? So let's lift them in prayer. Let's care for them, and let's remember them. Our word this morning comes from the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 11, Moses' fourth book. I love preaching from the Old Testament, and there are many that say, we just need to live in the New Testament. The Old Testament's way back there, and Jesus came, and we need to live in his light. But let me tell you this. If you don't know the Old Testament, if you haven't hidden that word in your heart, you're not going to get the full message of the New Testament. It's vitally important. And our word this day, even though it's thousands of years old, it is so for us today. We can glean from all the Old Testament words. So let's start looking today. The book of Moses, fourth book, Numbers, from chapter 11. We're going to go chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 23. The children of Israel have crossed the Red Sea. They're escaping the army of Pharaoh as they've been in Egypt for 400 years. First couple of so many years, they were doing well. But after that, new Pharaohs came in and they were enslaved. 400 years, for many years, they were slaves. So now this has come to an end. Moses has pulled them out, got them out, and they're on the way. And they're on the road to the promised land where God promised their ancestors many, many years before. So, Numbers 11, verses 1 through 3. The people were soon complaining about their misfortunes, and the Lord heard them. His anger flared out against them because of their complaints. So the fire of the Lord began destroying those at the far end of the camp. They screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed for them, the fire stopped. Ever after that, the area was known as the place of burning because the fire from the Lord burned among them there. God had paved a way for their journey, already with his presence going before them as the cloud of uh, protection by day and a pillar of fire by night. The cloud of protection by day shielded them from the very hot sun as they went across the desert, and the pillar of fire by night warmed them in the cold desert evenings and kept wildlife away. It was God's protection for the journey. And then a few months into their journey, God gave them direction for a mobile tabernacle. 
so that his presence would dwell among his people and provide a place of worship for this long journey. His presence for the journey. We have protection, his presence, and one more. There had already been a need for water as they crossed through the desert. Provisions from Egypt had already been used up. But God provided manna for them every day for these two-plus million Hebrews who are journeying across the desert. His provision for the journey. God's protection, his presence, and his provision were very close to those that he loved so much, his precious ones. But do you know that as a child of God and believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior, his protection, his presence, and his provision is with you every single day, moment. And we forget that, don't we? All besides this, these people had witnessed the ten plagues that had happened in Egypt, the huge miracle of crossing the Red Sea when Pharaoh's army was behind them. It says 600 chariots and his entire cavalry was chasing after them, and they were on the bank of the sea, and you know what happened. And for those of you who say, well, you can read by people who doubt that maybe the Red Sea was only about a foot deep. If you go further into Exodus chapter 16, it says their entire army was wiped out by the water, so it had to be deep. It was God's miracle, and they witnessed it. You can find that in Exodus 14. How soon, only a few months later, these children of Israel had forgotten and now they'd been, uh, become discontent. They began to complain. And here's a question. How do you think the Israelites felt after they'd been several hundred years in extreme slavery to be on their way to the promised land? Don't you think they'd be overjoyed? Sure. No. They wanted to complain. They were discontent. And they wept for what they had left behind in Egypt. Can you imagine that? But not only that, they were weeping for food. Let's start with verse 4 now. The Egyptians who had come with them began to long for the good things of Egypt. This added to the discontent of the people of Israel, and they wept. Oh, for a few bites of meat. Oh, that we had had some of the delicious fish that we so enjoyed in Egypt and the wonderful cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. But now our strength is gone. And day after day, we have to face this manna. Verse 4 says, Some of the Egyptians who had come along with them started the discontent. There's a Bible version that says, Some of the riffraff from Egypt who had come along with them. I like that. And that reminds me of the movie, um, the Ten Commandments, the, 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 it really dates me. Uh, the one with Charlton Heston, it's really old. If you haven't seen it as young people, you need to watch it. But anyway, at this very point in the word and in the story, it's Edward G. Robinson, who is the riffraff in Egypt, who says, we don't have what we need. And it stirred the people to discontent. But here's the first point to our message. If you find yourself discontent or complaining, Look around and make sure it's not the company you're keeping that's adding to your discontent. Be sure and ask yourself this. And if it's not the company you're keeping, ask yourself, what is keeping me to doubt God's protection, his presence, and his provision in my life? Ask him that. 
The end of verse 6 says, but now our strength is gone, and day after day all we have to face is this manna. Verse 7. The manna was the size of small seeds, whitish yellow in color. The people gathered it from the ground, and they pounded it into flour. They boiled it, and then they made pancakes from it. It tasted like pancakes fried in vegetable oil. The manna fell with the dew during the night. We have a short version here of what the manna was, but if you want to read more about manna, there's um, more verses on what manna was in Exodus 16. But here we just get a little quick glimpse of God's provision in the wilderness. Each person, again, remember there's 2 million plus people going across the desert. They were provided two quarts a day of this manna. Manna was small white seeds, kind of like coriander, and it was ground into flour, made into light bread that tasted like honey. Okay, let's stop here and think of this. If God provided something like this every day for you, and it was nourishment, it was good for you, and it was fulfilling, and it tasted like Krispy Kremes, wouldn't you want it? I know I would. God provided it. It's good for me. Yum. And they're complaining. But got tired of God's provision, the manna, and they were crying out for meat. Moses, we're into the next verse. Moses heard all the families standing around their tent and their tent doors, and they were weeping. And the anger of the Lord grew hot. Moses, too, was very highly displeased. And Moses said to the Lord, why pick on me and give me the burden of a people like this? Are they my children? Am I their father? Is that why you give me the job of nursing them along like babies till we get to the land you promised their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat to feed all these people? For they say to me, weeping, give us meat. I can't carry this nation by myself. If you're going to treat me like this, just kill me now. Moses really said this. It will be a kindness. Let me out of this impossible situation. Wow. He did. He said this. So not only the millions of Israelites are complaining, now their leader, Moses, is spreading to the discontent, and he's complaining to God. He says, why pick on me, God? I can't carry this nation by myself. Let me out of this impossible situation. Have you ever found yourself saying these kind of things to the Lord? I can't do it. It's too much. You're in good company. But it wasn't only Moses. There are some giants and great warriors in the Bible who had some of the same attitudes. Let's look at them. King David in Psalm 13 said, How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever? How long will you look the other way when I am in need? Answer me, Lord, and give me light in my darkness, lest I die. The prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 19. I've had enough, Lord. Take away my life. I worked very hard for you, but the people have killed your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. Hmm, there's griping in the Bible. Do you know that? Prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 20, he tells the Lord, Lord, you have deceived me. I have spoken your messages, and now I'm mocked by all. You never once let me speak a word of kindness to them. It's always disaster and horror and destruction, and I hear their threats, and I am afraid. 
Cursed be the day I was born. Oh, that I had died within my mother's womb. That's pretty discouraged, isn't it? And some complaining along with it. In each of these situations, God's anointed, his beloved leaders were tired and they were weary. Ever feel this way? Even if you're working for the Lord, we get tired and weary, don't we? Sounds like we were in good company. And there's even others in the word the same way. But David had already been crowned king. He knew what was coming. He was running from King Saul who was trying to murder him. Elijah stood for the Lord against King Ahab and Jezebel and now running for his life. And Jeremiah, he had prophesied for God for over 40 years to a non-repentant Judah. He'd been jailed in stocks and beaten. He was weary, wasn't he? He'd gone through a lot. We think we'd gone through a lot. But the point here is to be very careful when we're discontented, when we're apt to complain, because God's presence gave each of these men what they needed as they listened to him for direction. These greats from God's word, were sure dis- they were sure discontent and complaining. But in each chapter, I want to show you what you'll find. King David, in chapter 13, after all those complaints, he said at the end of the chapter, but I will always trust in you, and in your mercy, and I will rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has blessed me so richly. He gives us a clue here. When we are dis- find ourselves discontent or complaining, I will sing to the Lord. Do you know that when you sing some of these wonderful songs we sang this morning in the presence of the Lord is so rich. When you ask the Lord for a song, if you need one, he will give it. But when you sing a song to him, a song of praise, the enemy cannot bug you. It's true. Where can disappointment and discontent and complaining all go? It'll go away. When you're singing a song of praise to the Lord, David tells you that here. That's true. Elijah was refreshed for the journey by an angel sent from the Lord with food and then rest and then food again and then rest and then in a divine appointment, a job to do. The Lord was with him. And then Jeremiah, right after he said all these things, like, I want to die, cursed be the day I was even born, he says right there in the same chapter, but the Lord stands before me like a great warrior. God's presence is so close to you through the gift of the Holy Spirit, even in these hard and time tough times, he'll be with you, especially when you're tired and weak. That's when the enemy wants to come in and really get you complaining and discontent about the situations in life. So we have to look to him because his presence is close. His direction is there for you. It will keep discontent and complaining from even happening. Just remember he's right beside you. His response, but our responsibility is always to acknowledge him. Know he is there. He's there for your protection, for your provision with his presence. Continuing in Numbers 11, starting at 16 now. Then the Lord said to Moses, Summon before me the 70 leaders of Israel and bring them to the tabernacle. Let them stand there with you, and I will come down, and I will talk with you there. I will take of the spirit which is on you, and I will put it on them also. And they will bear the burden of the people along with you, so that you will not have the task alone. Then tell the people to purify themselves, for tomorrow they will have meat to eat. Tell them, the Lord has heard your tearful complaints. 
about all that you left behind in Egypt. And he is going to give you meat, and you shall eat it, not for just a day or two or five or ten or even twenty, but for one whole month you're going to have meat until you vomit it from your noses, for you've rejected the Lord who is here among you, and you have wept for the past for Egypt. Yeah, this is the word. So, number one, God gives direction for Moses. Bring the leaders to the tabernacle, and he's going to put the spirit on them so Moses won't have to carry the burden all by himself. But you know what? The question here is when you need to have a load taken off, take it to prayer and don't wait. Because if I have heavy burdens, they're not from God. What did Jesus say? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And then two, incidentally, God did feed the two million plus people meat for a month. And you can read about it later in the same chapter 11 of Numbers. He answered the people's prayer because they were tired of the manna, which was God's provision. But God's answer isn't sounding too wonderful, is it? So let me put this point right here. Be careful for what you pray for. God might really give it to you, even though it might not be his best for you. Doesn't sound like the meat was going to be very good for them, was it? Moses then doubts what God can do, that he can do what he just promised him. Moses goes back to complaining and discontent, and he feels that it's up to him to fulfill what God said. So let's go to Numbers, verses 21 and 22. But Moses said, There are over 600,000 men alone besides all the women and children, but thus the two million people. And yet you promised them meat for a whole month. If we butchered all of our flocks and our herds, it wouldn't be enough. We would have to catch every fish in the ocean to fulfill your promise. Wow. Have you ever spoken like this to God? No way, God, can you do this. Mm-mm, never. When we're tempted to look at the impossible in life, when discontentedness has taken root in my life, when anger at a situation causes me to complain, or when complaining has brought my life to even despair, God's reply back to Moses is one short verse, and it's our word to take home today in verse 23. Then the Lord said to Moses, When did I become weak? When did I become weak? Let that sink in this morning. When did I become weak? The writer of Hebrews in the New Testament speaks of this very time here in the book of Numbers chapter 11, and it says, The Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him, to be careful to hear his voice today, and not let our hearts become set against him as the children of Israel did. They steeled themselves against his love, and they complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. But God was patient with them for those 40 years. Though they tried his patience sorely, he kept right undoing his mighty miracles for them to see. But God says, I was very angry with them, for their hearts were always looking somewhere else. That's where discontent comes from. Instead of up to me. They never found their place of rest that I wanted them to follow. 
Hebrews 3, 7 through 10. The children of Israel never entered the place of rest. What would have taken only so many months for them to go from Egypt to the promised land? Because of their discontent and complaining, they had to wander in the wilderness 40 years. That whole generation didn't make it to the promised land. They never entered his place of peace and rest. If anything, hearing this very verse would cause me to think twice about when I'm discontented or wanting to complain because I can't be in God's peace and I can't be in God's rest when I'm in that situation. We need to think about God's protection that he provides for us, his presence, and his provision in our lives. The worship team is going to come. And we earlier sang some great songs, He Won't Fail Me. Wasn't that a blessing? And then we sang this song, Trust, no matter what comes in life, yet I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you, right? Those are good words. They were perfect for today's message. Can you trust that he has what you need? and not be discontent or complain? Anytime we close our eyes to the goodness of God, his faithfulness, his majesty, his power, we only can see then our perceived needs, our perceived problems, and our perceived wants. We lose sight of all that he is and all that he has done for us. We want to remember the verse in verse 23 again. When ever is God weak to act on our behalf? Never, right? Never, never. So we're going to sing together about the goodness of God. Let this song be your prayer this morning that his goodness can keep me from complaining or being discontent in resting in him. Our altars are always open if you feel the need to have a personal time with him as you struggled with some discontent or complaining, but let's sing about the goodness of God.
Good stuff. Thank you so much for being obedient and bringing his word to us. I've got some takeaways today. Does anybody else? Got some good takeaways. Go home and pray on those. Ask God to really root those down into my heart. And I'll be praying for you too, that he roots them down into you as well. Nothing is better than spending time with him. I want to encourage you to do that. Sit on that Hebrews verse. Mm. It's good stuff. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be vomiting anything out of my nose. So I am ready to listen and obey and quit complaining and not be discontent because we have so much in him to be grateful for. Amen? Amen. Let me pray with you guys. And then I pray that you have a good day. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're a wonderful, wonderful Father. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you for your word, this beautiful book that we get to hold in our hands that leads us and guides us and helps us. Forgive us, Lord, if we've been discontented if we've been complaining. Lord, you have done so much and you are so, so good to us. And help us to keep our eyes focused on you and your goodness, Jesus. I ask you to be with each person here. Lord, you know what's going on in their lives. You know their needs. You know their fears. You know things they're up against. I pray, Jesus, that they will rest in you, that they will know you are their provider, that you, you will show them that there's nothing to fear because you told us not to, and that's good enough for us. Father, we love you. I pray that you will bless each person here this week, Lord, and that you will remind us, Jesus, of what we learned this morning. And that you'll bring it out of us, Jesus, in a new way. And help us to share it with other people, Lord. We love you. And we praise your holy name, Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all of your children said, amen. Have a wonderful week, you guys. There's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still In all of life's ebb and flow Though sometimes he leads through waters deep Trials fall across the way Though sometimes the path